when you surround yourself and your circle of influence is doing things ahead of you, you have only a choice to elevate with that. Hello, and welcome to Outer Spaces, a podcast dedicated to empowering designers and contractors in the outdoor living space. Through this show, I hope to create a powerful resource for you, someone who is trying to grow their company, but might not have all the tools and processes to do so. On Outer Spaces, we're passionate about breaking the chains of small mindsets and helping contractors just like you take control of their businesses and their lives. My name is Joshua Gillow, and through my 25 years of dirt under the nails experience, I look forward to sharing tips, strategies, and other contractor success stories here on the Outer Spaces podcast. Now, let's get on with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Outer Spaces podcast. This is your host, Joshua Gillow, and today I get the opportunity and this privilege of uh, interviewing a guy named Dylan Stewart. He's a landscaper turned real estate investor. He's been knocked down, beat up, and spit out many times, and now he's killing it. He's out there changing the world of real estate, especially in the mobile home park arena, and uh, he's his story is incredible. He has so many amazing uh, nuggets that he drops here. He's been on quite the, the growth journey. He didn't start out with a lot of money, or actually any money, and uh, he figured out a way to hustle his way to the top. And I want to share this guy with you. I met him a couple weeks ago, and I just said we have to share this story. Um, he's the owner of Relational Capital. That's at a relationalcapital.com. He's also Facebook and LinkedIn at, du- at Dylan Stewart, also on Instagram at Mr. Dylan Stewart. So uh, take a look for him. Take a look uh, at what he's working on. And uh, if you're out there trying to figure out how you can go from working every week, every day, trying to make ends meet, to actually putting some money away and creating a, an empire around real estate and around um, you know your overall life so you have more choices, more time, more money, and more freedom. This is the episode for you, so enjoy. Hey Dylan, welcome to the show. I, I can't wait to, to unpack with you today the idea of building uh, financial, true financial independence. And uh, that's one reason why I want to have you here on the show for the listeners to listen through. You've got an incredible story, and uh, I'm just super excited to unpack it with you and have everybody learn the true potential when you focus on on long-term uh, income and long-term assets and things like that. So, uh, Dylan, welcome to the show. Joshua, thanks for having me. Excited to be here with your listeners and share some of the story and uh, some, give some value. So, yeah, big reason why, like I just mentioned, I brought you on here. I know so many listeners out there they're working their hands to the bone you know a lot of them going paycheck to paycheck or project to project in their businesses and just trying to figure this whole business thing out and you know i i I often suggest the opportunity for people to take net you know whatever net they have and take 10 to 20 percent put it away so they can start buying things that produce money when they're sleeping right whether it's stocks or bonds or real estate or whatever it might be precious metals or whatever it might be um and I'm a huge advocate of that because that's that concept absolutely changed my life. And when I heard your story, I'm thinking like, man, we got we got to have this conversation. So, so the listeners will know, um, you know, Dylan's in the real estate space. He does a lot of really cool stuff over there, different things. And I'm just going to let him tell his story from how he got started in this, and because uh, it sounds a lot like a lot of our stories too. So, Dylan, go for it. Yeah, well, Joshua, so I'm over here on the, the West Coast. I'm up uh, between Seattle and Tacoma and uh, lived here my whole life. And uh, growing up was kind of experienced an entrepreneurial household. And so my uh, mom did some dental work and then also uh, did some network marketing. My dad did uh, real estate with some construction. And so kind of got to see that firsthand what it was like to have freedom. And, you know, they had their own businesses and 
And then, you know, 2008 happened, you know, wife, my family out, my dad lost everything and, you know, lost all of his properties and, and, you know, just really saw the impact that that could have on a family. And, you know, since then he's still been doing construction and just hasn't really recovered, you know, on the real estate aspect since. And so for me, uh, throughout high school and, and junior high and middle school, my parents were always very encouraging, right? So if I wanted to do something, you got to go and earn it. You have to work for it. And there's no handouts at all. Not that there was anything to hand out anyways, but, uh, and so I tried network marketing I did door to door sales. I uh, did some online coaching and then, you know, throughout high school, my main business was actually running a little landscaping business. And so did that to, to make money, but I always had the desire to go bigger, right? And so I knew that I had to find a vehicle that had the capacity to get me to where I wanted to go, right? And, and as we hear, it's you can sell, you know, a $500 product, a 5000 a 50000 or 500000 or $5 million product, right? And, and depending on what vehicle you're in, uh, that would be the best one to get to that next level. And so right before I graduated high school in 2017, went to a, a Tony Robbins event and he was up selling a real estate course that one of his companies had, decided to move forward with that real estate course. And, you know, right after I graduated, I said, all right, I'm going to spend a few months making money for landscaping and then start in the fall. And so I did exactly that. And after two months of uh, applying that real estate course, it just it was I was outdated, didn't have any success with it. And so I said, well, let's go to YouTube University. And so did a little bit of that. And then a few months later, did my first wholesale deal and, you know, did that for a few more years just in uh, Washington. And then uh, in 2018, met my prior business partner. We decided to do out of state investing in St. Louis. We were doing that exact same wholesale business model in St. Louis and, uh, you know, flipping properties to investors. And then did that for a few years. And then at the end of 2019, it was uh, God's good timing. And, you know, we were selling a deal and this gentleman was like, well, I'm not buying, but I have a small mobile home park I'd sell you. And so I uh, knew that I wanted to get into to bigger deals at some point. So I uh, was able to buy that with uh, some family and investors and, and uh, did that for a year then after. And, you know, just kind of grind our teeth. We weren't making any money. We stopped the single family investing, just focused on this one park. Weren't making any cash flow, but we were learning how to out of state manage, how to deal with construction, how to deal with, you know, residents. And, and, and then in 2021 of March, you know, really just decided to ramp it up and, you know, went from 22 units to over 500 in that following 12 months, you know, bought eight different mobile home parks uh, in, you know, Texas, Minnesota, Ohio, uh, Illinois. And so learned the scaling aspects, the growing pains of going out of state. And then, uh, you know, just really been focusing on that since then. So Back in 2022, last year, just no longer had alignment of values and vision with my business partner. Bought him out of six of the eight parks that we had, and then you know bought a few more since then in Texas. And you know that's that's all I do is mobile home parks. And so uh, sitting just under 500 lots right now, and the goal is to keep you know buying at least 500 to 1,000 units every year. And so I love the space. I, I love what the affordable housing does for um, just the the country, and you know what love to be able to fit that need. I love it, dude. And you know, listeners, Dylan's 24 years old. He's gone from landscaping to financially free and, you know, only a few years here, right? That's the important part about this. The, the idea, the capacity, you, you talked about the, the vehicle, what do you choose? You know, whether you're going to pick just like in our world, if we're going to pick projects that are $5,000, you're going to do a lot more of them than if you did $50,000 projects, if you're looking for a certain, you know, gross at the end of the year. So it's about picking that vehicle. And, and what I'd love for you to do is unpack what a wholesale deal is. So our listeners understand that because that's how you started. That's how you went from landscaping into this was going into wholesale deals. So walk us through what that might look like. Yeah. So wholesaling is, you know, leveraging your, your marketing abilities to find an off market property, typically off market that's discounted. You would get that property under a purchase and sale agreement, let's say for 200,000 
and the property may be worth 350 and so you would then take that contract and assign it to an investor let's say for 220 a $20,000 assignment fee that investor would then buy the property from you you would make the difference between their contract and the contract you have that $20,000 spread they would close on the property they would do all the renovations and then they would sell it to the market uh, for an increased price or they would keep it as a rental and so that's all we're doing we're finding discounted deals and we're flipping the the paper essentially to um, you know other investors who want to do the rest of the work so you basically are finding houses and handing them off and making bank on that and not even swinging a hammer correct and 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 you can do it very high volume you can do it you know some markets are only making five thousand up here in seattle you can make fifty thousand hundred thousand plus per deal and and again so th when we look at vehicles and capacity that's on single family and now you can do that on apartment complexes on mobile home parks on storage yeah. facilities on lands you know again just to shift everybody's perspective is there's guys that are making billions of dollars in every industry, right? And I, I have some buddies that their largest assignment fee on a $20 million mobile home park was $4 million, right? And so we, we hear that like, oh my gosh, how could they get into bigger deals, right? But it, when you surround yourself and your circle of influence is doing things ahead of you, you have only a choice to elevate with that, right? And so yeah. that's a big thing is, is when you start to shift the people that you spend time with and go into bigger and better thinking to have higher leverage, that's when you really start to grow, right? So for me, when I look over the next 10 years of building a $350 million plus portfolio, now I've shifted my perspective and just finishing 10X is easier than 2X by Dan Sullivan. It's like, man, why don't we do that in five years? Can we build a $350 billion or million dollar portfolio in five years? And, and yes, I believe we can because now we're shifting the perspectives and I know other people have done it before. And so again, it's when you're looking at scaling and growing uh, your company, it's like, who are you surrounding yourself with? And I think that's a hard part typically with construction is you start out by getting the jobs yourself, completing the jobs yourself, running to Home Depot yourself, dealing with invoices yourself, going and meeting with the bookkeeper yourself, doing all of these different things, going back and fixing it and the insurance claims and dealing with all the paperwork. And, and it's hard to kind of separate yourself from that. And I think uh, I was forced to going out of state because I couldn't drive to meet with the contractors. I couldn't drive to meet with the managers or go to the eviction court or different things. So it had to shift perspectives of, okay, how can we scale this uh, to another level? I love that, dude. And so which of the Tony Robbins events did you go to where you got shifted into this? So it was, <laughs> it was a $100 event. And when I was young, I didn't know that, okay, if the price is lower, that means it's going to be a pitch fest. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love Tony Robbins and I think he has great stuff, but now I know his events are five, 10,000 plus. And yeah. so it was just a hundred dollar event down at uh, a place close to me. And he had different advisors from his different companies talking about trading and real estate and, you know, writing books and different things. But um, it was still, you know, the, the next best step to get started in the space. And I'm glad it happened. So the best hundred dollars you spent, huh? <laughs> well, then they upsold us on a, a $40,000 real estate course, a program that I didn't have that money at that time. And so again, just getting resourceful, I was talking with my dad about that. And I, uh, when, when I was going through the three day workshop and he said, well, you know, go find someone that you can partner with. Right. So then again, like we can only do things as much as our mind will let us. Right. So yeah. when I was 17 years old at that time, I didn't have 40 grants in the bank. I barely even had five, even three. And so I said, man, how can I get access to, to this product? And so again, it's going out, building the relationships, finding someone else in the program that had already decided to move forward. And we partnered on it together and I ended up paying them back over the next you know, year or two. 
uh, in payments. And so that that's, again, just shifting your perspective instead of saying, oh, I can't do this. It's more how can I do this? Yeah. Right. I love it. It's not a lack of resources. It's a lack of resourcefulness. Tony says that all the time. Right. I yep. love Tony. We've I've done most of his programs and it's been it's life changing what he does. And yeah. you're right. The, my first program was a three hundred dollar program or something like that down in Philadelphia where he was on for like four hours which if anyone knows Tony out there, that means, you know, basically it's a, that's the appetizer, right? Yep. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible, but I'd love to talk more about, you know, when you do that, you go to this program, you, you figured out a way to get this education because that's where it started, right? Mentorship and education. Is this something you knew anything about before? Yeah. So I, I've always, you know, been about education, right? Just in school, listening to podcasts, watching YouTube and different things. And so, I knew that that was the the most available thing, right? Is getting free resources, and so still to this day, I love reading books, listening to podcasts, and and just learning, right? Because we we either I, I always say the only reason that we don't do things is because we don't believe that we can, or we don't know how to, right? Yeah. And so again, we have to shift those two things to um, make something happen. That's so true. It's absolutely true, dude. So. All right, so you started wholesaling, you started making just a, you know, a margin on the deal, just saying, you know, I find a deal and I come to you and I say, Dylan, look, I got this deal. And you say, thank you, here's your 20 grand. And I'm gonna, you know, you take it over for now and I'll go find another one, right? Yep. And just run around just being a finder, um, which is the cool part is it doesn't, you know, if you start lo learning what to look for, it's like anything else, right? If, if I asked anybody on the podcast right now when they drove somewhere today, how many red cars did they see? Right. They're probably going to say, I don't know. I didn't notice any red cars. I wasn't looking. But if I tell you that right now, if you're driving, look around how many red cars you see in the next five minutes, you'll count them, especially if I give you a hundred bucks a piece. Right. And then they're like, oh, wait a minute here. So if. Uh, all right. So what does that mean? That means that those red cars would have been there no matter what. You just learn to look for them. And it's the same with these kinds of deals. And then when I grew my real estate portfolio, I didn't know what the hell I was doing in the beginning. And eventually I started to be able to see on the MLS what was a good deal and what wasn't. And we scaled quickly because we learned that just to your point, once you learn what to look for, the next thing you know, man, you can start doing it quickly. Um, but I say this because I know there's so many business owners out there that are thinking like, yeah, that's great for them. Like they must've had tons of cash behind them. They must've had like all these deals over there, you know, part of the lucky sperm club, like Tony says, right? Like they just, it all just worked out or they came from money or whatever, got lucky. That's not the case. First, the education had to happen. We started out, both of us, and I'm going to speak for you, Dylan. We both started out not really in understanding it. We found mentors. We found people that were already way ahead of where we wanted to go, and then we hooked on to them and said, all right, let's learn because you become the aggregate of the five people you spend the most time with. So choose your network wisely. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and it's, it's once that happens, once you get moving, the next thing you know, you're like, well, man, if I can do that, what else can I do? Right? Like, this is crazy. Is that how you found it to be, Dylan? Yeah, you know, and it, it all sounds so beautiful, right? It sounds like sunshine and rainbows and over the past six years and going from this, but there is a lot, and we're still going through a lot of mistakes and learning lessons and growing pains, right? And, you know, that's just what's required. Yeah. And, and I think it's, you have to pick the discomfort that you want to experience in life, right? Do you want to experience discomfort of being tied to a job, which your job could be your business, right? Because most people have a high paying job that's just their business because they haven't streamlined it and scaled it and that's okay but as long as if you're fully satisfied with that and that's what you want great but if you're not then now we can know what you desire and start shifting towards that but it's a lot of hard work and so 
getting around people that can shift your perspective, learning, educating, and not just doing that, but then taking massive action and applying it. And so we're talking all these themes and all oh, the people you surround yourself with, and it's a struggle and take massive action, educate it's because it's, it's not new, right? There's a reason that success leaves clues and people have the same rhymes to their, their stories is because it's, oh, it's pretty uh, similar in, in general sense. It is, and that story's been told so many times, and it's it's a proven path to move forward, right? The, the massive action, and that's the cure-all for most things. And you start pr- getting yourself around. Proximity is power. Get yourself around other people that are doing the things that you want to do. It eventually does start to come over, and you're just like, wait a minute here. Like, I didn't grow up with this. Personally, my parents, they didn't do, know anything about real estate. We had one house we lived in. That was it, right? And a mortgage on that, and the business at home, and that was that. So this yep. was to even be a landlord in the beginning. It was not something I ever came from. Yep. And, you know, I didn't have anybody that I knew in the real estate world. To me, that was all smoke and mirrors. I didn't understand any of it, especially real estate investing. That made no sense to me. But when I read Kiyosaki's book, right, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it talked about, you know, you should be thinking about what is your money making new money when you're sleeping? You know, I know Buffett talks about that too, right? Is your money making money when you're sleeping? If the answer is no, then you're doing it wrong. Yeah. It's that simple. And, and one thing I want to share for your listeners, too, is the highest leverage thing that we have is our income, right? And so whatever that vehicle is, whether if it's a job, whether if it's a side hustle, whether if it's your own business, focus on increasing that, right? And, and I hear Alex Ramosi and all these other guys talk about that. Like, until you're making a million dollars a year, spend every extra income that you have on investing in yourself and the skills that will get you to that million dollars a year, right? And because if you have... $20,000 and you can go and invest that and make 10% a year, $2,000 a year is not going to change your life. No. But if you have 200000 500000 a million dollars, and these might be big numbers for you guys because you, until we shift that perspective, but if you can focus on increasing that income first, then when you, let's say you spend two years going from 100000 to 500000 a year, right? Now you have 400000 extra dollars in, you know, let's say in general that you can choose to allocate. And so that's my, my encouragement is focus on investing in those skills and, you know, the, so that you can grow your business. Then once you have that disposable income, when you're 10, 20, 30, 50%, whatever that you can afford to invest is now a higher amount. You can actually make uh, a big difference. And that's my encouragement. No, hundred percent. I can agree more. And, you know, it, that's why I'd mentioned earlier in this podcast that the idea of taking whatever net your business has, assuming you're profitable, if you're not, then you need to retool things and figure out your numbers so you can be profitable. But assuming you are to put a chunk of that away into a nest, a little nest for this exact situation. So when opportunities come up, you've got a little bit of powder to use, right? You've got something to get, uh, to get things going with and you don't need a lot of it to get going. I didn't have, you know, tons of money when we first started this out. I used, uh, you know, hard money lenders to, I figured that whole world out, which was scary as hell, <laughs> right? Yep. To say, I got, you know, somebody that's, that's loaning me money at 12% and I'm like, mm. <laughs> like the average was about 4% back then it was 12% for short term money. And you know, that, that basically let us flatline the property once we bought it, but we got acquisition. We had that we controlled the asset. And now we have the property. Now we just need to get out of that hard money. And they've got 12 months to do it. And we've got millions against us because we have a lot of properties that we now have taken under this. Now it's like, okay, we've got 12 months to figure this whole long-term banking thing out. right? So it's a wild ride. But again, having the right people on your team, having that mentor that's been through this, that can be like, that's no big deal. It'll be fine. It'll figure out here's what we have to look for. No, we don't like that deal. We want, and then eventually like, okay, that's a standard that we've created now. And I know what to look for. I didn't know before, but now I do. 
I can find those red cars. I can do all that because now I, I'm looking for them. So, you know, if this sounds crazy to the listeners out there, it's like, yeah, if you can save five, 10, 15, $20,000 a year for the business and put that in a fund, your long-term fund, and then start looking for assets to invest it in, assets that'll create income when you're sleeping, yeah. right? That income when you're sleeping is so important. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, right? And, and people, they don't bat an eye when they look at spending 25, 50, 75, $100,000 plus on college. Right, but mm. when there is a, a workshop or a mentorship to spend five grand for a month of coaching or six months of coaching or ten grand, they they like, oh, I could never do that, right? But the reality is, like, you have to you have to make that investment, right? And it will be the best investment because you're gonna have to pay some way, right? You either pay in time, or you pay in your own mistakes, right? Which are usually significantly more expensive. Or the third is you pay in by buying someone else's experience and helping that shortcut. Right. Because there's mistakes that I'm making in my business that ideally, if I would have paid for mentorships in different areas, I could have not uh, had to pay those mistakes. But they can cost me fifty thousand, hundred thousand dollars plus because I chose maybe uh, to not pay for that investment in a certain area. So now I have to pay for it with my own money. hundred percent, dude. And I remember sitting inside of uh, I think it was uh, UPW and they talked about business mastery. And I was like, at that time, I think it was, I don't know, like $7,500 a person or something like it was, it was, it was pricey and I didn't have that kind of money. So I ended up going over and talking to a friend that went along to the event as well. And she's like, well, what if, you know, if we do it both together, we can cut the cost down. Cause there's like a two for deal. So I'm like, I just, I just looked at her. I'm like, it's the right move and went over and gave my card kind of shaking gave my card <laughs> they swiped it and uh i figured it out and the next thing you know i'm like holy moly the stuff i learned in business mastery was incredible and then obviously through a bunch of other programs and now i i focus more on how much am i investing in myself versus on myself mm. that's a big okay. shift right there right because we think that we want to show everyone our success by buying expensive things to outrightly look like we're doing really well when inside we're struggling or potentially you know, so is it spending more on yourself, fancier clothes, name brands, nicer car, all that kind of stuff? Or do you want to dial that back, at least for a while, and invest more money on your, you know, in yourself to get more in your brain, to, to get those proximity to those tribes and those groups that are doing the things that you truly want to do? You may have to step back. Your ego might have to take a kick in the nuts for a little while. And that's okay, yeah. right? Set it back because you might put five years of that behind you. And the next thing you know, you're leap, you know, leapfrogging where you ever thought you could go because you're repositioning that money you're already spending. Exactly. I, I was, uh, you know, I, I really like journaling and it, it sounds weird, you know, for, for guys, but I think when you can slow down to create time to think and to strategize and to plan it, you can have a lot of momentum. And one thing, because I did not grow up with much financial uh, foundations, right, or principles. And so for me, I, I made a lot of mistakes right out of high school, you know, getting into credit card debt and racking up different business debt and, you know, getting into bad deals, taking on more expensive financing and just different things that I did not understand. Yeah. And so for me now, my money principles are significantly different. And, and one thing that I would maybe share to your listeners, do you value more financial status or financial peace, yeah. right? And for me, uh, I had struggled with the financial status aspect, right? Oh, what are we doing? How often are we traveling? What are we doing? But my financial peace was not there, right? What is my, how is my financial peace in my marriage, right? Are we secure? How's our debts? How's our, um, you know, savings? How's our investing? How are all these different things? And I promise you the return you'll get on financial peace, not only will yield more in your personal peace of mind, your marriage, your spiritual, everything, and it will create the space for you to go to that next level. But it takes a long time and that's okay. 
And I think that's, that's one thing too that I've shifted my perspective it recently is expect to invest five to 10 years accomplishing something great. So many people want to make a million dollars in their first year and they get that uh, uninformed optimism and then they get the valley of death and then it's informed pessimism and then they go to the next thing, right? Oh, well, I'll do, I'll do landscaping. Oh, well, we'll do bricking and then, oh, we'll do uh, you know, framing and oh, we'll do, and it's just like, we're trying to do everything and let's try Forex and let's do network marketing and let's do Amazon and we're jumping all over the place saying, you know what? This is a vehicle that can be successful and I'm going to commit to this for the next five years or 10 years and I'm going to go through it, right? Because people, especially with social media and everybody looks like they're winning and you don't know what the truth is, but play your own game. And when you play your own game and you focus on your family and your peace and your values and your priorities, because you're the only one who looks yourself in the mirror every morning and you're the only one who sleeps in your own bed and has to deal with that burden and you know what your bank account says and you know what your arguments are, discussions with your significant other or whatever that might look like. And so focusing on the long-term game and playing your own game, uh, I think will be really good because in this world, there's a lot of comparison and we see what people are doing on social media and it's, it's difficult. Sometimes it can be encouraging, but more often than not, it's just competitive and we compare and we try to play someone else's game and we always lose. We do, and especially when you compare. That's such an excellent point because when you compare, you're comparing your week one to their week 300, right? You know, like, oh, they're buying houses. They've been for 20 years. This is your right. first, you know, swing at this, and you're like, oh, man, I'm never going to get there. Well, yeah, you didn't have 20 years to get to where they are. Let's be realistic here. If you're comparing, that's going to rob you of the joy of winning because you, you win on your, on your terms as you're moving forward. Each day, if you're moving forward, my philosophy is always two millimeters forward, right? Just keep moving, like Tony, right? Keep moving forward two millimeters. I like to say it's in you know, faith, family, fitness, and finance in that order. Focusing on that every day, moving two millimeters ahead is gonna give you the momentum that you need to get to where you wanna go and the discipline that it takes to get there. And it's, it's to your point earlier, so often, especially in today, People's mindsets are around this whole instant, right? The instant millionaire, you see these guys that do YouTube videos, you know, they're 12 years old making $10 million a year and you'd like one person out of what, 7 billion people or 8 billion people now. And we want to focus on that one that we aren't. Yeah. Right. And it's like, it robs you of the opportunity to share what God gave us, our gifts. It, it, It robs us of that because we aren't as good as they are. Yeah. And, and one of my things too, that I, gave me a lot of peace and helped me slow down, right? It's getting super clear on what I want and, and what I desire, right? And, and having a value-based life, right? So for me, I have this flashcard, if you guys are seeing on video, to where I have my four core values in life that I always keep in front of me and I've lived by for a significantly long time to where it's eternal impact, quality relationships, unforgettable memories, time and financial freedom. Those are my four core values that I, I kind of filter things through in my life. And so when I look at making decisions or moving in business, how is that moving me closer towards impact, relationships, great memories, and then freedom, right? And so it's not about you know making all this money and doing all this. That will be a byproduct because when, and, and for me, when you create those constraints of saying, okay, well, how can I create an, a certain business, right? Making, let's say $50,000 a month and working six hours a day and taking Fridays off to pick my kids up from school and doing date nights every Wednesday and not working on the weekends, right? And when we start to make these constraints, then we can fit the business in it. Yeah. And, and another thing that I played around with before is everybody's like, oh, well, I got to make a million dollars a year. Okay, that's 86,000 plus a month, right? To be honest, that's hard to spend, right? And so everybody's like, oh, I want to do this and that, but they don't do the math behind it. 
and it's something for me being a younger individual right i'm like all right let's let's create my most expensive life like if i want to have a boat if i want a snowmobile and side by side and take vacations and maybe have a few houses and this and that and in reality this may sound crazy but it's like that's not very expensive right you might look at 20 30 50,000 a month right but and so that's not a million dollars or tens of millions of dollars a year and so again we're trying to compare with things that maybe you're fine with netting $10,000 a month and working 20 hours a week. And that's okay. Yeah. And that's totally okay because you might get to go fishing and, and go on walks at lunch with your significant other, your dog or whatever, or go read books or whatever excites you, go hunting, right? And so find your game, make those constraints and then move forward towards that. Because again, we see people having this ultra success and they're in multiple different markets and they're having this income. But what if you don't know what their marriage looks like, their health, their, their peace, their relationship with their kids. And so um, you can get caught up in that very easily. That's so sure. And dude, something I love that you just dropped here is this concept of building the constraint and then putting your business in it. Because I know a lot of listeners and I'm saying this out loud because I, well, I've been there many times where the business runs your life, right? Every single waking moment is to make sure this thing doesn't die, right? So the idea of building a constraint and then putting a business in it I'd love for you to go deeper into that because that is just an incredible way to think of it. Yeah, it's it takes time, right? And that's the biggest thing is I listen to guys that I respect on, on social media or in business, but I have to constantly check myself and say, all right, they've been playing this game for 10 to 20 years usually, sometimes longer, right? right? And so expect, first of all, it's going to take time, right? For me, I've been in you know real estate for six years, right? And I'm still learning. I'm still yeah. hustling hard. I'm still not fully financially free. I still have a lot of mistakes that I'm going. I'm still trying to figure out how to be a leader and how to get off work on time to make dinner for my wife. Like I'm still trying to figure this all out. So first of all, just realize it takes time, right? But then secondly is you have to realize that you cannot do it all, right? And so when you look at constraints, so for me, a constraint that I have is how can I, and I'm not there yet, right? So I'm still working very hard early mornings and late nights, but for me, what I'm moving towards is how can I work 16 hours a week in my real estate business while buying 500 to 1,000 units a year? So that's my constraint, right? So now is I can say, well, who do I need to do that? And first of all, what are my skill sets, right? So again, after six years in business, I know that for me, I, I need to focus on three things, which is the company visions and values. Next is social and brand credibility. And then third is strategic relationships, right? So for me, anything outside of kind of my strategic and unique uh, skill set, I need to bring a team around me. So now we kind of look at, and we're getting very granular here, but that's what your listeners are going to get, is now we look at what I'm good at and then what are the functions of the business that they need to succeed. So all businesses have relatively similar ones, but it's marketing, it's some form of acquisition, whether if it's client acquisition or anything, and then next there's operations to some aspect. Uh, how do we fulfill on this? And then third is there's some legal, HR, accounting, and different things. Right. And so for me, my kind of core uh, pillars of my business are marketing, acquisitions. We have asset management, which includes property management, construction. We have investor relations and then we have legal finance and HR. So those are my five kind of departments. And now we can start. We have these constraints. And so now we can say, OK, well, what are the functions of each of those departments? Well, are we looking for social media? How are we calling sellers? How are we following up with things? How are we dealing with uh, unit turnover, with construction? How are we relating with our investors? And when you start to uh, build out your framework and your org chart of your business, which 
the book Traction by Gina Wickman that I love and running Excellent. on EOS yep. talks about that. You see what the roles are and what the departments are. And starting out, which I'm still there a lot, a lot of your name might be in making the social media posts and uh, sending out the invoices under the accounting department and uh, client acquisition by meeting with the, uh, the clients, right? And so you have your names in there and then now you can say, okay, great. How do I elevate my time, right? So now you know what your business can look like. Now you need to elevate your time, right? Because there's things that are $10, $20, $30 an hour, but if you're worth more because you're the driver, maybe your highest and best use of your time is going out, uh, getting clients, right? Your marketing, whether if you're calling, whether if you're going door to door, whether if you're posting on Facebook is client acquisition, right? And so now the next thing is, what's the next aspect in the business that you can offload? Is it responding to your emails? Is it uh, someone sending out the invoices? Who's doing your bookkeeping? And you, so again, you start to level off your lower income uh, producing activities so that you can keep elevating that and you go higher and higher. And so we can go in depth on that. I probably just hit people with some fire hose, but again, I think focusing on your constraints, what you're good at, what your business needs to look like. And then every time again, seeing how you can elevate your uh, leverage. And, and so for me, I've found like some, um, I always like little uh, sayings, right? And so for me on, on my paper here, I have slow down, clarify, prioritize. Because often we are so, we're too busy being busy. And, and oh, I, I don't have time for that. It's like, well, if you don't have time for it, then you're now, then you're never gonna have time for it in the future. And so for me, as I find and I slow down and I look at what I enjoy in the business, what I'm good at in the business, what I can outsource in the business. A lot of the time, uh, Joshua, we have the answers. It's just we don't take the time to figure them out. And that's so mm -hmm. silly because we wake up, we brush our teeth, we get coffee, we say goodbye to the kids or whatever, and then we leave. And when there's no time to think and to slow down and to strategize. And, and for me, over the past six months, I've really tried to force that of slowing down. And then I can take a 30,000 foot view of the business and, and start to look at where are how can we move these chess pieces and again this rant i just went on sounds so overwhelming and sophisticated but again it's been after six years and investing in mentorships and reading books and listening to podcasts and failing and hiring people and having to fire them and uh being a bad leader and and having bad meetings and and again all these growing pains but it's just what's required as a business owner and so no matter where you're at in your business I, there's always something that you could probably hire below you and, and it's scary because maybe you're yeah, a more masculine man, you, you, know, you don't know how to interview and hire, whatever you're, uh, or you struggle with people, like whatever your, uh, maybe you feel your weakness is, but again, you have to be able to do that. And there's other people that you can bring around you to help. Maybe you're not good at hiring and you don't know how to hire your first assistant to deal with your invoices and responding to your Facebook inquiries and you know, dealing with whatever. And so there's people out there that could help you. But again, if you don't know what the weak point in is your business, then you don't know where to ask for help. So happy to dive into that more, but that's a little bit of uh, the framework. I love it, dude. It's, it's, it's so true. You know, if you don't ever ask the questions then you'll never get answers, right? And, and oftentimes they seem so daunting. They seem so big. These ideas of, of you know, hiring people, especially I know when I first hired uh, my first quote unquote secretary, right? It was like, oh my goodness, is this the right move? It's going to cost me, you know, whatever, 30, 40, 50, whatever it was a year. Do I have that money? What am I going to, what are they going to do? Am I going to be babysitting them the whole time? And I might as well just do it myself. Like why, why even, why even try? 
And I fought that for years until I decided, yes, I'm doing this and hired my first person that's going to come in and it didn't go go well at all. <laughs> like it was a couple of weeks and then she quit on, on uh, it was New Year's Eve. She texted me and says, this isn't working out. I'm going to, I have another opportunity. I'm going to take it. And I'm like, okay. So my fear came true, right? It's uh, all this time invested over a couple of weeks, I think it was. And then at the end have nothing for it. But I was like, no, that's not true. I now have one rep in. Now I have a bit much better idea of what this role could be, what this person's going to do. I've learned a lot about myself with somebody in this position. So then when uh, uh, Becky came along, you know, I, I had a much better idea of what, what was good. And she came along and jumped on and she's been with us eight years now. And now she runs that entire company. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, it's incredible how far that, that happened, how that happens. But it's, it's because that was during a time when I started to do exactly what you're talking about here by getting mentored, by reading books, by going to seminars and looking at the possibilities, watching others do it. Yeah. You know, it's one thing to say, like, do I have what it takes? Is this going to work? But when you see others around you and it's, it's standard and normal for them. And if you're in those circles and everyone listening has the opportunity to that through social media and, and YouTube university and seminars that are not that expensive or even webinars to get access to these people and to yeah. listen to them and watch what they're doing and then just follow what they're doing. <laughs> you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Just follow it. It's simple. And the yeah. next thing you know, it's like, Holy moly, something I didn't think was possible. Now I have that. Now what else could I do? Yeah, that's so good. I, I love that, Joshua. And, and one thing that I, has helped me, and I don't know if this will help some of your listeners too, is just realizing that someone has done it before. Oh, yeah. Right? Because the reality is, you know, we're like, oh, man, like I'm the only one out of seven and a half billion people who uh, there's ones out there that make more money than me and have more freedom than me and have better spiritual lives and marriages and, and better health and everything. I'm the only one, right? And so when I look at creating these constraints and uh, the author of Traction also wrote, uh, Gina Wickman wrote uh, EOS Life. And mm -hmm. one of the stress tests that he talks about in the apps you develop your business is taking a month off, right? Yeah. Can your business do the month stress test? And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is crazy. I could never do this right now, right? And so yeah. again, it's realizing that people have done it before. They can take a month off and no emails and no phone calls and different things, but are you willing to put the work in for five plus years to actually build that? And so one of the things that, I, I mean, I just to share a story, I have a buddy who he, you know, is just started a roofing business a few years ago, or less than two years ago, he's doing really well now. And uh, he has a few different crews, you know, making good money every month. And I'm like, have you read Traction yet? And he's like, oh yeah, I started it. He's like, it just, it felt like it wasn't for me. You know, I don't have a sales team. I don't have this and that. And I, I'm just trying to keep encouraging him because he has the ability to go from, I don't know what he's making a month. Let's just say 50, it could be totally off. But I'm like, you could take this to 150, 250 plus a month, right? When you start to delegate and build a team. And so a lot of people, especially when uh, you're starting your own business, you're doing it out of resourcefulness right? You're having to build it all on your own. And so you think to go and build a company, you're like, I don't want to have a company, right? That sounds big. That sounds scary, but, uh, or I'm too small for that. And that's never the case, right? So I would encourage everybody, uh, Traction, the book uh, by Gina Wickman is not the end all be all. I love it. A lot of other people love it. And it's very highly uh, spoken about, but go through that book and say, you know what, what is our vision? What is our core values? What are our metrics that we need to have every week? What are our next steps in this? And so you start to put these frameworks in place because for me, I've hired people without having those in place and it doesn't work out. And so now when I interview people and I say, hey, look, here's where we are. 
here's where we're going, here's what we stand for, here's what we expect of you, here's everything. And it's very clear whether if that's your first employee you're hiring or if it's your 15th, right? Now people know what to expect, they know what you stand for. And then when you have issues, because you will, right? When you have issues with that team member, you can say, you know what, hey, these, these are our values. These are what we stand for. This is a little bit out of alignment. Is everything okay, right? How can we push towards back, uh, back towards that? And so for me, when I made my first hires, I didn't have that. And similar to you, it was just like, oh, it was a mistake and we messed up. But uh, it, you're never too small to, to start putting these processes into your business or into your life uh, to, to grow because it, uh, it has to be done at some point. And if what got you here will only get you here, right? You have to shift and go into a new season and growing pain to get you to that next level. And again, that next level doesn't always mean more, mean more money. It could mean more peace, more freedom, uh, more impact right, your values that you've defined for yourself and your family, and then going out and creating it. No, oh, I love it, dude, you're absolutely right there. And you know, I can I can highly recommend Traction by Gina Wickman. I've read that book and our company runs parts of it, not the whole thing, right? But we've laid it out, we still have our EOS meeting, we actually have it tomorrow morning, 8 a.m., you know, and we spend an hour, we go through a you know, semi-structured meeting, and uh, we always talk about how are we building the business? You know, because so many meetings are just putting out fires constantly. And this is the meeting that's dedicated one hour per week on growth and trajectory and vision and all of that stuff to make sure that we're staying in line, if you will, between the, uh, you know, between the, the edges of the road, if you will. So um, I can highly recommend anybody who hasn't read that, read that. It's incredible. I didn't know he had a, a life version, EOS Life. I'm going to get that one because that's EOS. It changed the way I looked at business because I realized that I'm a visionary, not an implementer. Right. I yeah. learned along the way that I'm like, wait a minute here. That's why I hate doing stuff, but I always love having ideas. Right. <laughs> so yep. get in your lane, buddy, get in your lane and just put the gas to the floor and go. So then you got to, if, if you're a visionary and you just want to visualize and create and all that, you need implementers around you or those visions are all going to die. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and you know, he talks a lot about that in both the books is when you're clear on who you are, what you stand for, what your company does, the impact it wants to make, the values it breeds, then when you look at the vendors you're working with, the clients you take on and everybody is, it's so much more aligned because now you're not taking on that, that stickler of a client that is penny pinching or whatever. Nope, this is our value, this is what we stand for, you know, and this is it. Yep. And so, and again, when we start to lay the foundation step by step, you realize that you can be a lot more clear and decisive and you can serve the people the best because you, they're the right client that you're looking for. Right. Yeah. Whether if that's, you know, in my situation, whether if it's a seller or an investor or a contractor or anybody I'm working with is we know how we want to operate and relate with them. And it just makes the relationship so much better, especially when you can translate that across a team. Right. That's the important part because you get what you tolerate in life. And, you know, I've found in the past that, you know, when somebody would give me a hundred or one hundred fifty thousand dollars to do a project that I'd do whatever it took to keep that thing moving. Right. And I would take all kinds of crap from the client. It just didn't care. I just was like, hey, it's a project. We'll get through it. And then the project drug on and drug on and they drug it out and like just bigger problems, whatever. And I'm like, it's just another day. One more day. We'll get through this. And I got sick and tired of, of being, you know, money's bitch. And I said, you know, with the team, I'm like, that's not part of our, our value, you know, uh, list here. We don't do that stuff. So if we have clients that we feel like there's a lot of red flags that are happening and they're starting to get very demanding, not very grateful for not just the opportunity to work with us, but in general, like just for the whole project, we'll let them go. And that shocks people at times. We're like, Hey, maybe we aren't the best fit for you guys, but right now based on, you know, our, our interaction, I don't know that this is going to work. And you're like, what? Like, yeah. And I'm not trying to be, you know, better or none of that stuff. I, I'm not going to subject my team to being beat up or belittled by somebody who has money. 
That's just not an option. So we've made that clear that anyone on my team can fire a client at any moment because if they feel that that's the case, and then imagine how much empowerment that is for your team when they know that we're, we're here to protect the, the team itself, right? Because that team will live on into infamy doing this kind of work. And that that client that thinks that their money is greener or that they demand a lot more of your time, when you tell them they don't have to tolerate that, it's huge. Yeah, I love that. I think that's such a great, great value to have. Yeah, absolutely. Well, man, I appreciate you coming on today. I hope the listeners got some sense of, you know, what's possible because really, are you simply working every day just to pay bills or are you looking to work every day to sock some money away so that uh, in a hopefully not too distant future, you can have money working for you when you're sleeping. And, and Dylan brings on an excellent example of starting from nothing, working his way through, figuring out a way, becoming resourceful. He might not have had the resources, the extra money laying around, but he got resourceful with what he had. He figured out how to wholesale deal without any money in. And then he went from there and figured out how to get into a course, a $40,000 course. My point is you don't have to have a ton of money to get started. You just have to want it. It's a hunger, right? Lencioni says it. it's uh, humble, hungry, and smart. That's who you want to hire. And that's what you want to become, right? Because when you're like that, there's no stopping you. And it's when you lose the hunger or you don't think you're smart enough or any of those things. The next thing you know, everything gets more difficult. So uh, any last parting words, Dylan, you want to share with our listeners? Well, Joshua, first of all, it's been been a pleasure being able to to join you guys here. And and to be honest, I mean, I, I don't want to sound fluffy, but to be honest, like you can have whatever you want in, in this world, right? As long as you are willing to slow down, get strategic and put in the work to make it a reality. And, and that applies to everything, right? I'm a Christian, so my faith, right? And, and growing in my faith and growing yeah. in my health and in my marriage and in my business, right? You can have it all. It's just, are you willing to slow down and get resourceful and see what the next best step is to, to make that a reality? Because the pain and the, the anger and the frustration and everything that you may be experiencing, right? Maybe you're not, maybe your life is cush, but if you are, that doesn't have to last, right? And, and I think yeah. as we can get real with where we're at, what our weak points are, what we know we need to uh, let go of or do more of, then we can start to move forward to create a life that we desire. Because I, I think God put all of us here to to make the most of our life, to have impact, to you know create a great you know uh, family or business, right? I think business is a, such an amazing resource and vehicle to impact more people. And so I think it's our duty and obligation to maximize our business, not just with profits, but how we treat our team, how we treat our clients, and then. A byproduct of doing that well means that we should be making a lot of money so that we can go and change lives. So um, you guys can do it. And, uh, you know, you're, you're in the right spot. Listen to Joshua's podcast to, to learn more. I appreciate it, Dylan. So listeners, you heard it from the man. And uh, hopefully the story inspires you. I know it did me when we were just on a random call talking about something. And I'm like, hey, dude, look, tell me your story. Next thing you know, we started talking. I'm like, I want to I, you got to come on and share this story. It's incredible. At 24 years old, as much ground as you've already covered. And, uh, you know, I'm 20 years older than you and I'm sitting back here saying like, damn, I wish I was that fast at that age. <laughs> right. It's, it's just good stuff, dude. So congratulations on your trajectory and, uh, looking forward to, to watching you keep rising. So thanks for coming on and everyone out there listening. We'll see you next week. Thank you guys.